Radford. Now Tudor's gone down for Newcastle. Radford again. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Radford, the scorer. Ronnie Radford. And the crowd. The crowd are invading the pitch. And now it will take some time to clear the field. And now, live from a submarine on the moon, the 200% podcast with Football 365 Zion, the Lion King, and Edward Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine. Open wide for some soccer! Then you're great tick. Get on with it. Hello, pod fans, and welcome to 200% podcast number 323. Yes. The first of 2022. The first of 2022, yeah. I went on an adventure again, but it's only a little bit, really. Saturday uh, 16th of October 2021. Okay. Not long ago. I in the, I'm just trying to look it up now, here we go, the Northern Premier League Midlands Division. All right. Spalding United 1, Daventry Town 1. And I was drawn to the goal scorers, or well, one of the goal scorers anyway, who was just down on the... And it's a 90th minute equaliser. And it was scored by one S. Broccoli. And then considering that this goal was scored in the last minute of the game, I wanted to go off and see if he'd been a substitute so that I could call him Subby Broccoli. But I couldn't oh, find well. the team. Listed on the um, oh. the, the for, for for the match when I looked earlier. Um, his name is at, his, this is the his frustration. Name is Stefan Broccoli or Brock is probably Broccoli. Well, possibly he, he was formerly in the youth books at Newcastle and Arsenal, I think as well actually. So there you go, <laughs> Subby Broccoli. If if he if he's a, if he was a substitute, well, we can't confirm it, but we can't deny it either. There you go. probably cannot fail to have noticed has been the FA Cup third round. Yeah, what a, what a great weekend it was. An unusually great weekend. I'm suspicious. Are you? Because I'm... Well, yeah, I've got into this way of thinking with the FA Cup third round where it's always going to be a letdown. In fact, after the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday... Millwall versus Crystal Palace, which I watched dutifully. 
wishing both teams an equal amount of luck. I did enjoy yanking your chain over it with a lengthy series of WhatsApp messages about how this would be the beginning of the new world order, essentially. I know it finished with Union Jack replaced by white flag with red and blue diagonal sash on it. Yeah, we are working towards having Glad All Over played at the end of the night. Yeah, on BBC Glad All One. Over played at the at midnight every night on BBC One. Yeah. By the end of the lunchtime match, I commented on Twitter that FA Cup third round day is forever reminding me that every year is as bad as the last, with no respite or redemption, only entropy and howling empty sadness. But I've moved on. I've moved on from that. And actually, it was a very, very enjoyable and unpredictable third round week in a, in a way that we haven't really been accustomed to of late. Here's the thing, OK? I'm going to let you in on a little bit of a secret here. OK. Nothing's changed. If you look back what? historically over the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, all the, the, this time period that people are constantly telling you that the FA Cup was somehow better, the, 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 the actual spread of results, if anything, non-league teams are doing a bit better than they used to. But the number of non-league teams appearing in the third round of the competition hasn't changed at all. Really? Well, that, you see, I find that interesting, but I mean, at the same time, uh, just offhand, yeah. uh, I, I do f- feel that that must be a better. Yeah, run. no, it, I mean, it hasn't. I mean, you, I, it, it is honestly surprising because I've been back and looked at these numbers before, and if you go back to like nineteen seventy or nineteen sixty, it's yeah, it's usually two, three, four non-league teams in the third round of the competition. There have been occasions when it's only been one. And it really is very, very um, steady kind of statistic. I would say but there's a, probably a sort of standard, uh, like a normal variation for it, and it usually falls within that. What has changed is that people don't go to the matches anymore. What has changed is wow. that there's a constant drone of whining about the FA Cup as soon as the big teams start getting involved. I know plenty of people who stop watching after the second round. They're like, do you know what? Right, that's great. Well, the FA Cup's been grand for this year, but, you know, now it turns into a different competition. It doesn't. You don't get a lot of resolution that way, though, no, do you? No, you don't. But, I mean, the thing is that the FA Cup as a football competition, as a football tournament, is being asked to hold itself up to a ridiculously high standard for a domestic cup competition. What used to happen is that the FA Cup rounds would come out, come around every year. The matches would be played, usually in front of full houses. I mean, FA Cup crowds used to be much bigger than league crowds. And I'm only going back maybe 20, 30 years here. That's just a fact. And what's changed now is that these games are being played in front of crowds of five or 10,000. That's what has actually changed. And the clubs, we get, we hear all this about the clubs don't give a shit anymore. Actually, I think that in comparison with the supporters of clubs in certainly the Premier League and the Championship, it's the supporters that don't give a shit anymore. Stop layering it onto the clubs. The clubs reduce prices to get more bums on seats to get people in. 
and fair fun, you know, and it's and, true. and you never actually hear them coming out and saying we can't be bothered with the FA Cup this year. I don't think a club has ever done that. You know, we really actually we just can't be asked. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, you could argue that maybe <laughs> Jurgen Klopp has. You could argue that you know once or twice, but I don't think anybody's been completely, but not in the way that hundreds or thousands of supporters who have not been emotionally involved with the FA Cup, who aren't interested in it, who do think of it as really a waste of time in comparison with the Premier League and um, and the Champions League. Those people just set an impossible high bar for it. Yeah, but it's a bit. I mean, you know, but it is. I would say that if it on balance, who's to blame for the decline of the FA Cup? Well, ultimately, the answer to that question is everybody. We live in a society. The FA Cup can matter as much as we want it to, and it's no good. People going, ah, you know. Um, the magic of the FA Cup. Oh, it's such a shame what's happened to that competition. Oh, it's on the wane now. And then um, third round weekend comes around. You don't bother fucking turning out to a game. No, that's true. The thing is that I just don't think that's the case. I mean, I wrote something last week about the kind of renaissance in non-league crowds this season, which has been just enormous and very surprising in, in, in some respects. The non-league crowds for the FA Cup matches have been absolutely massive as well. We went to St Albans. That was a big event. That's what it used to feel like every game in the round. Mm. Um, the Kidderminster game, they were on the pitch at the end of the match. It was the same with the Cambridge supporters uh, up in the, the gods at St James's Park. It means something to those people. Fucking 5,000 people went from Cambridge to Newcastle. Probably mostly yep. expecting to lose. There it is to Hereford in 1972 and Stevenage in 2011 at Cambridge United in 2022 Newcastle United on the receiving end of a monumental cup upset. Well they were very very pessimistic Well yeah I mean <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Okay. Stick a pin in that <laughs> Stick a pin in that there were eight um, ties that were won by a team from a lower division. Yeah, that's a lot. Which is a lot. And also, there were seven additional ties, which where it was pretty much touch and go. I mean, Barrow took Barnsley all yeah. the way, almost all the way to penalties. Mansfield were undone by a last-minute own goal. Rotherham lost on penalties to QPR. Hull City uh, and West Brom both took Premier League opposition to extra yep. time. And Millwall led at half-time. And Morecambe, of course, led at half-time. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not sold on this argument that the clubs, that the, play, the players or somehow, or whoever, that, that they don't care. They've all got a motivation to be out on the pitch. And they're fucking professionals, you know? Earning substantial amounts of money. I just don't think you really give the, get given the option of not caring. We're going to look at three of the shocks uh, in a little bit more yeah. detail. I don't know where you want to begin. Oh, I don't. Your, your choice. Well, let's, let's start with the most uh, chronologically recent one. Nottingham Forest. <laughs> well, 
Nottingham Forest for the second time in is it five years? Or something like that, yeah. Have dispatched Arsenal in the third round of the FA Cup. Yeah. I mean the um, thing is from what I what I recollect about the last time Forrest did this to Arsenal, it was quite different circumstances that Forrest were generally a shambles. Um yeah. at the time. But for this one particular match, everything just clicked. And everything fell into place for one match and one match only kind of thing. But whereas this time, they've improved so substantially since they jettisoned your man and brought in, you know, Steve Cooper, who doesn't, you know, seem to exist in the sort of late 1980s tactically. And the difference has been marked. You know, I would say that at the moment, at the at the, at the time of recording, they are as likely as not to make the playoffs. They're ninth in the Championship. Arsenal fourth in the Premier League. That's a gap of 24 places. They are, what, six points off a playoff place, Forrest. But, you know, the second half of the season is going to be whack. <laughs> I don't think there's any, you know, I don't think there's any point trying, <laughs> no. to, trying to gloss over that. It, I, I I have this feeling that it's going to continue to be extremely unpredictable. Oh, uh, yeah, it's going to be a brutally hard slog with some teams with six games to play in a fortnight. The following is a message for UK citizens between the 10th and 24th of January 2022. <coughs> Stand somewhere else. The big difference between Forest of 2022 and Forest of 2017 is that this team put in a controlled performance um, over 90 minutes. They waited it out. They wore Arsenal down, and then hit them with the, the you know the sucker punch. It was it was no less than they deserved. And the most damning thing that I can say about Arsenal is that at 1-0 down against a team, a division below them, Nottingham Forest was still dominating possession throughout that last 5-10 minutes, you know, including the stoppage time. Yeah, I mean, overall, Arsenal had 67% of possession. They had 10 shots. None of them were on target. And... I mean, by, by the end of the game, you were looking at the Arsenal bench bringing on Sayad Kalazinac because they didn't really have anyone else 
to, it was it was almost as if they didn't particularly care at that point. They didn't even try and throw someone else up. Front. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is that you know, Mikel Arteta's seen how poisonous things can be at the Emirates Stadium, and they don't need much of an excuse. I would say that deliberately tanking a cup match against lower division opposition is an extremely unwise thing to do in this day and age because the fans expect to win yeah. every goddamn game you know that's the sen- that's the sense of entitlement that's been bred into the biggest clubs is that is that the jobs the job is the jobs are becoming almost impossible it's a strange game for arteta because of course he has also took off uh, Nuno Tavares yeah. after just 34 minutes and I'm not entirely sure what it was that he'd done that was so irksome well that, I, if you don't mind I mean me and you were watching this game together yes and we were talking about Nuno Tavares before he was withdrawn from proceedings yeah. and I did make the comment enjoy the rest of the first half Nuno <laughs> Because <laughs> this might of... this might be the last this might be your last for Arsenal if you get that far. Well, and I, yeah, I wasn't I actually. I mean, then. I was playing that for comedic over exaggeration. I wasn't expecting Miguel Arteta to actually hoik him off. Yeah, thirty four minutes, <laughs> and then he and then he went on this kind of entertaining little hissy fit, which made it even funnier. I mean, I I think that the the point at which you realised Arsenal's evening was over was probably Nketiah's header from close range, which twanged off the side of his bonce and harmlessly wide of goal, when all he had to do was head it forward and it was in. Yeah. Um, I think that's the moment at which it was like, right, that's it, Arsenal are done. They, they, They could keep going until... The middle of next week, they are not going to score. I do wonder how much those kits didn't help. Well, though, yeah, they were really stupid kits. Because I tell I you what, them. right? It was fucking impossible to make out who was who on the TV. And, oh, you, um, you couldn't see the numbers at all, which is. Uh, you, I mean, you couldn't see. I know numbers. that they they were doing away with red. Was that we're doing away with red? Yeah, because we want to. Oh, it's we're fine. I'm get not, rid of you know, I mean, knife crime. I don't think anybody is going to argue with. Um, I think most people are against knife crime. The sentiment behind it. You know what they should have done, right? To make the numbers visible. Um, knives made, made them navy blue. Well, any, any you know, change, color, change all, really. change, yeah, you know, change it to blue. Bit of blue on the sleeves as well, if you like, round the collar. People will get the me- people will get the message straight away. They had red on the sleeves because the FA Cup logo that yeah. on all of the sleeves <laughs> is red. Hell. Nice one, the FA. Nice one, the FA. You know, I'm surprised that they were allowed to play with those kits. They were. If you saw them close up, there was like an outline of the numbers, wasn't there? I'm sure that in the ground. You could see them. I think the referee could see them. And, uh, yeah, I and think there the is a case to be made that that's the only person who really matters. But um, well, it did make it very difficult for the rest of us. And I don't know how much it good, it good it did the Arsenal players. Because the thing is that, you know, what you have to remember is the football is played at a very high pace. 
Um, you've got to keep the ball under control with your feet at the same time. A lot of it is about little glances. You don't get half a second to go, Who is, whose back of the head is that? You've that got to true. know immediately. And and you do wonder. I mean, the state of their passing at times. That that it, 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 you do wonder whether they had a detrimental effect. But I mean, like I say, it was it was to make a very important point, and you know, fair play. I personally think that it should have just had their normal kit, but a stab vest over it, or chainmail. Yeah, chainmail. That would work. The whole Ooh. thing would be like a buyer tapestry. Yeah. Warmer with the ball forward and may have made the run. Dubravka spilt it and it's off the line, but eventually in. The biggest cup shock of the day. Yes. Possibly, uh, although not in terms of league positions, because Newcastle, 19th in the <laughs> Premier League. <laughs> yeah. And Cambridge, 16th in English League One, are only 40 places apart. Mm. Yeah, that 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 was that was bad, wasn't it? That was a sellout. That was a full house at St James's Park. I feel as though this constant sense of hysteria <laughs> that surrounds <laughs> Newcastle isn't doing them any good. Do you think fifty-two thousand people turning out for an FA Cup third round game against Cambridge United? Now look. I'm not saying that isn't impressive in its own way, but if you want to continue to layer the pressure on, on these already, almost certain that they're going to be sold, given away, fired from a cannon into the sun at yeah. some point in the next six months, these guys, and it, this is like, you know, this is their job, this is their chance, this is their shot. Well, you know, yeah. None, none of them. You know, I mean, who, who? Well, with the exception of Kieran Trippier, yeah, um, yeah, and probably Alan Saint Maximin. Yeah. So what? What you do there is you take this kind of fragile bunch of players, and suddenly <laughs> it's like, well, this can be like easy and comfortable for them, or it can be difficult and uncomfortable for them. And the fact of the matter is that I think that 52,000 people sell out crowd. Some new bloke from Saudi Arabia turning out to see the team, stopping off in the dressing room afterwards. But that went down like a shit sandwich. <laughs> um, if, I bet a few of those players thought they weren't getting out of that dressing yeah, room. Yeah, well, you know. It's, um, it's every game. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I've done quite a few Newcastle games this season and the reason is because they've had so many of these big matches you know they played fucking Spurs it was the first game of the Saudis with their big match they played Norwich same thing they played Burnley same thing they played Man United same thing big match every single week and and the thing is that all right great okay you know you get the satisfaction of calling yourselves a big club well done have a pat on the back there's a large number of you but at the same time that's all well and good if a team's got confidence going for it if a team is going well if a team is 
playing like a shit sandwich, then that feeling of desperation, which is so tangible from Newcastle, um, I, 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 I'm not so convinced that it necessarily does the players any good. And I don't know what you do about that, to be honest. Well, uh, short of nine new players... They, but, but, I mean, but then it, even that, that's not that's not a guarantee of anything. Work it. I mean, actually, Newcastle had 23 shots. Yeah. Um, nine of them were on target. And almost all of those were saved by the excellent Cambridge goalkeeper. Yeah, the, the, the goalkeeper. Dimitar Mitov. Yeah, I mean, the goalkeeper had a decent game. He did. Um, it, it's not to take anything away from Cambridge. But the bottom line is that there are no excuses left for Newcastle. Oh, absolutely not. No. There's the thing, right? It's almost as though just replacing the manager and keeping your fingers crossed doesn't make a fucking scrap of difference. I mean, no. have Newcastle actually improved I don't since think so. Steve Bruce? Is this actually better? I don't think it is. You know, results better? Well, they had one win, so I suppose so. Well, yeah, but then again, I did see one unkind soul suggest that Cambridge United have now beaten as many Premier League well, teams this season as Newcastle. That is absolutely true. And the only thing that is keeping Newcastle from being absolute certainties for relegation is that there are three other teams that are as bad as them at the moment. Hmm. Which is kind of, you know, a very strange situation to be in. You've got Watford. You've got Newcastle, obviously, and then you've got Norwich and um, the other ones. Burnley. Burnley. Everybody forgets Burnley. Um, so it's under any other circumstances, eleven points at this stage of the season. I mean, let's just have a quick look at that again because it, I mean it staggers. It staggers me. Eleven points from nineteen games. Well, yeah, I mean, 11, 11 points is the number that Derby got in that terrible season. Yeah, but, but I mean... I, I, they don't, I don't remember them being much worse than Newcastle are now. But this is, this is, but there's, you know, there's four teams in this state, that's the thing. And it's so curious because two of them have drawn eight of their games each, Burnley and Newcastle. Um, Newcastle have only lost just over half of their matches but that leaves them with a wretched record they still need I, I, I don't know how many players you know it's very easy to go oh they need a centre back and a striker which yes they definitely do but they need a complete refit I think that St Maximin might yeah. be the only player that I would keep if I had infinite money and was building a team from scratch. I would say that that has probably crossed a few minds. Yeah. Maybe Joe Linton, because he's been all right since they converted him into a midfielder. You know, he's playing out of position, but he's doing okay. Maybe Joe Linton. He's better as a midfielder than he was as an attacker, certainly. Ah, oh, it's just a mess. And the thing that is preventing you from believing the the evidence of your own eyes is the money. That's the only thing that's making. That's the only thing that's stopping you from thinking. Right? Yeah, they're down. They are down. And yeah. That's a 
horrendous position for them to be in. It's a, a horrendous position for them to be in. That the only thing that is keep it that is stopping you from saying, "Yeah, these are gone." The only thing that's stopping that is the fact that, you know. Well, yeah, they've got three weeks. As we record today, they've got three weeks until the transfer window closes and infinite money. So who knows? Well, I mean, I don't, you know, we talk about... But it's still no guarantee. We we talk about infinite money, but of course it isn't infinite. Um, they still have to satisfy Premier League financial fair play. That's um, true. So it's complex how they get around that, particularly in light of uh, Premier League rules about uh, related party sponsorship deals. New rules that have come in quite explicitly to deal with Newcastle on this. So <laughs> I, I don't know where that ends up. Um, in in court, presumably, more likely at the Council of Arbitration for Sport. But the overwhelming impression that I take away from Newcastle at the moment is that nobody knows what they're doing. The people who are now the owners of that football club, there's no football experience there whatsoever. We are now... Uh, at the time that this podcast is being recorded, a quarter of the way into the transfer window, they still haven't got a director of football. There's no one coordinating this transfer policy. You know, this absolutely critical time, this time when this is their shot, this is the chance that they get. They've got, you know, we're recording this on what, the 10th of January? a third of the way through the transfer window. My apologies, not even a quarter. And there's still nobody there directing it. There's still nobody there running it. There's still nobody there holding in. They're just firing out these scattergun offers for players. Um, A lot has been made of 12 million for Kieran Trippier being a really good deal for them. And... On the surface, it sounds like it, but it does lead you to wonder, what's the catch? Why would Atletico Madrid, you know, what, 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 why would they be prepared to let a player go? He's only 31, you know, it's not, we've got Stanley Matthews in his testimonial season here. So I don't get it. I don't understand why they just, why they just let him go for 12 million euros. All will be revealed, no doubt. Yeah, you know, in I don't, the fullness of time. It's it's a it's 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 a good signing. He makes them a better team. He's a better player than the ones that they already have. But it was a slightly peculiarly t- signing, given what they need. Um, that position that he's taken is kind of one of the few positions that you thought was fairly settled in their um, in 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 their team at the moment, and. Uh, you just think that there were other positions that needed to be filled more urgently than that one, but I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a signal a signal of intent. <laughs> they got a good deal on it, presuming you know if all if 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 everything's equal about that, they got a good deal on it. But Newcastle tax is going to be coming, you know. Oh yeah, because everyone can see the whites of their eyes. And everybody yeah. knows how big their bank balance is. I, I can't imagine that there's going to be too many more bargains like that. And then the question is, 
once it's all said and done by the end of January, is there something more coherent and cohesive going on then? Or is there just like a just a bunch of men standing around, you know, as the dust settles, wondering what on earth has been going on? Newcastle United, not waving, but drowning. Very much so. Kept alive, here's Austin, hits it! Oh, it's squeezed in! Well, he made a breathtaking save in the first half, but an error now from Raphael, and it's absolute bedlam inside Agra. The captain, Sam Austin, hit it low and hard. Raphael appeared to have kept it out, but it squeezed beneath him, and Kidderminster and Harriers have leveled the tie. Another Kidderminster corner. It's a wicked one. Has it gone over the line? It must have done. Surely. Goal is signalled. Morgan Smith spins away. It was a just a mass of bodies, and it just eased over the line. There's no goal line technology, but the assistant flagged that it had crossed, and Kidderminster Harriers have turned it around. The final game that I wanted to look at does not involve a Premier League team, but it does involve the lowest ranked team left in the competition. 78 places separated Kidderminster Harriers, 5th in the National League North, and Reading 21st in the Championship. And yet, despite Reading leading at half-time, Kidderminster fought back in, it has to be said, quite fraught and trying circumstances. There was a 15-minute break when uh, the Reading substitute, Felipe Araruna, dislocated his knee and had to be carried off. Um, In fact, Araruna's only just come back from 16 months out. It's not going brilliantly for him at this present moment in time. It's not going brilliantly well for Reading, if I'm honest. Yeah. But what we did get to see was some good old-fashioned proper FA Cup goals. The first half, the other Brazilian in the Reading team, the goalkeeper, Cabral Barbosa, made a good save from Sam Austin. He did. In the second half... He took a, he, he took receipt of a, a fairly tame shot from Sam Austin and let it run between his legs. Oh yeah, he he totally tied that bad boy, didn't he? Oh. Yeah, and then obviously worse was to follow. Yeah, they're a funny team, aren't they, Kidderminster Harriers? Uh, I mean, first of all, they've got the suffix of an athletics team. Yes. Yeah, Harriers yeah. is an athletics name. Rather than a football, and I, and I kind of like that in a way. I'm not, you know, none of this is criticism. And then secondly, whilst yes, this is definitely a, you know, a a, a big result for a non-league team. Your perception of Kidderminster is just slightly changed by the fact that they had that weird little five years in the football league, and then they, got, well, rele- they and then got did, relegated back. And I don't know if you have to be a certain age 
to to remember that and so maybe people of my of my age and or maybe your age and older or yeah. people a bit younger than that will just have this residual uh, Kidderminster they were in the league for a bit weren't they they were in the in fact here's a li- here's a little fact for you Kidderminster Harriers and Cambridge United have something in common in that they were both relegated out of the football league in the same season Oh. 2004 and 2005 Cambridge obviously have subsequently got back and were promoted last season back to League One Kidderminster just sort of slowly atrophied and were relegated to the National North in 2016 and have been there ever since yeah yeah I mean um, it's uh, it's, re- it's really odd because I mean they were they were denied promotion, weren't they? They were they were denied promotion in 1994, which is when they had their... I think that was the same year they had their FA Cup run that were, where they lost to West Ham in the fifth round. And like, they, won, <laughs> they won the conference that season and they didn't get in on ground grading. That was something that used to happen, kids. Yeah, they were denied promotion. And whoever it was who'd finished bottom of the football league, that's usually Torquay. Quite often Torquay, yeah, survived the the, the cut. And um, and actually, because I I went there before that. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. um, I went there in nineteen eighty-eight. Okay. Uh, for an FA Trophy semi-final replay um, between Enfield and Barrow. they drawn over the two legs. Enfield won 1-0 at Barrow. Barrow won 2-1 at Enfield. There were no away goals. And so they played a replay at Kidderminster, the old-style Kidderminster ground. And it was bowl-shaped, a little bit bowl-shaped. Um, and that finished in a draw as well. <laughs> so we had to go to a second replay, and that was at Stafford. And uh, I think Enfield, well, Enfield definitely won it. I think it was at Stafford. So I went to the old style Kidderminster ground, Agborough. And then, of course, I went to the new style one as well in 2006. So I've seen both sides of that particular coin. It's a, it's a nice ground, it was a nice ground it in looked, 2006. It looked like a nice ground, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that is because they didn't do much work to it uh, beforehand. And I don't think they were particularly expecting um, to win the league. I'm just looking at the figures now. Yeah, in 1992, they finished one place above relegation on goal difference. And in 1993, they finished ninth, and then they won the league in '94. And then a the terrible se- accident. Yeah. And then the season after that, they finished eleventh again. So you know, it was another really good game. They were all really good. The, the, the BBC coverage, if I may, just you know, the BBC coverage between f- between four and five o'clock was fucking fantastic. Just going from game to game. It was. It was fantastic. It was. It was like uh, the German football show conference. Yeah, yeah. It was just. Oh, we've let's let's go to Oakwell because there's been another goal. I mean, there have been a lot of goals in Barnsley's five-four match, 
with yeah. ten man Barrow. I think Barrow were were the um, the fallen heroes of this weekend. Kidderminster though were the scorers of the best goal of the weekend. Well, definitely. Without a shadow any, of a any, doubt. any goal that in I say within which somebody sits on the ball. Is, I, see, uh, I don't know how much he was sitting on the ball and how much he was just sitting on the goalkeeper. I was watching it again this morning. He was definitely sitting on the goalkeeper for some time. I suspect if Agbra had VAR, they may have found I, reasons to, to disallow that goal. That goal. That goal, by any reasonable standard, should never have stood. He was no, I mean, sitting on the goalkeeper and the, the ball, ball at the same time. The ball did cross the line. But I, I can't see how the linesman had a clear view. But the thing is, though, it. the thing is that even though that, yes, that should have been given as a foul, blah, 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 blah. No, that was a really good goal. That's the best yeah, sort of it goal. Wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. You know? So it, it was a goal. Get the best it. sort of goal is a goal where, without VAR, nobody quite knows whether it's a goal or not. That's the well, best yeah. sort of goal. When you get that five or ten, when the goalkeeper, when the when the when the goal scorer runs off celebrating, but he's still looking over his shoulder, and he genuinely yeah. doesn't know whether it's going to get given or not. The the only question about that goal, because obviously the referee had decided that no foul had been committed, mm-hmm. you know, sitting on the goalkeeper. Um, the only question about whether or not it was a valid goal is whether or not the ball crossed the line in that case. And it definitely I'm, I'm, I've seen subsequent replays and I am absolutely happy that the ball crossed the line. So well done, Kidderminster, for well, a no, fine goal. Yeah, no, well, no, it did because I saw it happen because yeah. uh, and I saw the ball behind the line. I saw that myself. I don't need anybody to persuade me. Either way around on that. I mean, it actually, it came from a very good corner. It was a very threatening corner that's, that spun in towards the goalkeeper, who was already having something of a troubled half. And he he flapped at it, um, allowing Amari Morgan-Smith to, I don't know, get an arse cheek on it and then get his other arse cheek <laughs> on the goalkeeper's shoulder. And every everyone stamping and punching and... Swinging whatever they've got, it was a, it was fantastic. What a, what a way, what an appropriate way to win a cup tie. That well, is. exactly, that is exactly the right way to to win a cup match. Reading, however, I don't know what's happened to Reading. They're in a bit, they're in a bit of a pickle at the moment. I mean, Ferenc Puskas scored their goal uh, just before half time. Oh, galloping got major. The Galloping Major, they've got terrible injury troubles at the moment. No sign of Andy Carroll for this match. As I say, they lost uh, a player to a bad injury during the game and another player they lost to an injury in the first half. They've been in the Championship now for nine seasons, Reading. It's, well, it's becoming... Their, their tenure in the top flight is becoming a little bit like Kidderminster's. In, in the league, you have to be a certain age. About time they settled. Because, I mean, they've been in all the divisions, Reading. They're one of those clubs that you can't quite get a handle on. Because, you know, what, 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 what what's their natural home? Oh, they haven't got one. I think it used to be about the third Yeah, team, it used to be. now it's the second and team. Now, yeah, now it's all changed. Well, that's no use to me. 
But there was a time like, when like, they like, looked like, 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 like that matters in any way. Whatsoever. There was a time that they looked like they were developing into one of these bouncy teams like Norwich. Or Fulham. Yeah, I don't think that lasted very long, did it? Uh, it didn't last very long. Although, do you know, they, as short a time ago as tw- uh, 2017, they got to the playoff final. I'd forgotten that. They lost on penalties to Huddersfield. It's a strange one, Reading and the Premier League. I mean, I'm just looking at it now. They've only they've only done three seasons. I know. Ever. They... Fewer seasons than Kidderminster had in the league. Yeah, and that kind of feels, you know, I, that kind of feels a bit off as well, a bit odd. I don't know. They're what Reading are one of those teams that I just had no opinion of, and I almost don't like them because I have so little of an opinion on them. It's like you know, well, at least give, at least give me a reason to hate you, or at least give me a reason <laughs> that, I, you know, at least give me a reason to be contrary. I like their kit. The, the the narrow hoop. I don't like the cut the gold numbers on the back. I think that's very stupid. oh yeah, it's very gauche, isn't it? No, I can't get excited about Reading. Yeah, it's not it's not a real place. It's a service station. Yeah, well, that's the thing, and that's the other thing. That's the contradiction. You want to, you almost want to lump them in with the Stevenages and Crawleys of this world. <laughs> but Reading were formed in eighteen seventy one. That's very true. They're, they're, older of, than, they're an old, old boys. Yeah, I, I, did they play in the first FA Cup? No, I don't think they did. But I think they played in one of the very earliest FA Cups. Well, they they were they were around so that they could have played in the first yeah. FA Cup. Certainly. Yeah, had they been northern, they would almost certainly have been one of the founder member clubs of the football league. I consider Reading to be northern. It really isn't. <laughs> It's it's due west of London. Yeah, well, fair enough. I consider London to be northern. Yes, well, I know you do, you bloody weirdo. What I thought we would do to set us aside from all the other podcasts... Uh, that are going to be discussing the FA Cup this week, is we are going to do the fifth round draw. Um, I mean, this uh, first this requires all, us to obviously establish who's going to win each of the 16 fourth round ties. So have you decided this then? Well, no, we need to do that now. Oh, right, right OK. Oh, there okay. are, obviously, there are 14, once... Aston Villa and Manchester United have finished sorting themselves out. I've no idea actually what's going on in that. You may have some sort. Of uh, I knew at half time insider information, but once they have sorted themselves out, there are fourteen Premier League teams, twelve Championship teams, three League One teams, one League Two team, one National team, and one National League North team. Yeah, left. Yeah, and so, I, I just wanted to apologise. To Graham, Terry, and Yan at the sound of football for completely <laughs> brazenly lifting something that they have been assiduously doing for years. Yeah, but they've never. He done will be anything... making. He will be making a donation to charity, the charity of your choice. Will I, Will he? Yes, he will. You, I you. I don't think I don't think they've ever done anything quite as speculative as this. 
Uh, we are taking all, it to another level, I suppose, because all of all of their draws are based on some semblance of fact. Yeah. If this, if, if, if all of this happens, if all well, yeah, put and it will because we're very good at predicting things. I put, I'll, I'll, put, yeah, I'll, put a, I'll put a put a put a put a bet on who the eight quarter finalists are going to be. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll put a, I'll I'll put a fifty p acker on all of this coming true. And if if I win on that, then I'll make a charitable donation. Alright, fair enough. Okay, go on then. Right. So what have I got to do? Well, I'm just sitting well, here. I tell you what, what. What I'm actually doing at the moment is that I've got a permanent marker. It's the only pen I can find. So um, I'm just sitting here sniffing it. Oh, oh Jesus! So well, um, first of all, we need to we need to establish. It smells who so good, though. It smells of course, so it does. good. Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, we need to establish who we think is going to win these uh, sixteen fourth round right. ties, which right. should we, be we, we, relatively we easy. Very, for... we, we haven't got very long. No, well, it should be very easy. So this is going to be such experts. Right, so this is going to have to be right. very quick then. Right. Okay, okay. Crystal, Crystal Palace versus Hartlepool. Uh, Crystal Palace. Gotta be Crystal Palace. Okay, I'm writing these all down. Hang on a minute. Well, you only need to write the numbers. What's the number then? Well, well one. 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 Just write. Just write one to sixteen on the pieces oh. of papers. It's that's all you need to do. You don't need to right. worry about anything else. One. Okay. One. Right. Bournemouth versus Boreham Wood, who beat. Oh, it's uh, going to be Bournemouth. That's going to be yeah, you, you have to say it's so what's probably that, like two. That's two, one? yeah. Two, yeah. Okay. Huddersfield versus Barnsley. A uh, uh, that'll Derby. be uh, Huddersfield. Barnsley have got 14 points from 24 games, and Huddersfield are in the playoffs, so that's going to be Huddersfield. Yeah, it's not going brilliantly go. this year for Barnsley. What, what number is that? Oh, three. three. I could have just written these all earlier, you know. If I know, you told me that this was all I was going to do. That, that's why I said you need 1 to 16 on bits of paper. Okay. So, you know. You you just carry on doing that while I... Okay, while quite. I, rig the draw. What's the next one, then? Peterborough versus Queen's Park Rangers. Vanqu- the only team to come through on a penalty shootout. Uh, Queen's Park Rangers. Cambridge United... Versus Luton Town, Cambridge's prize, as it were. Luton, I happen to know, have been a model of inconsistency this season. Haven't been able to string two results okay. together. And so I'm going to go Cambridge on that one. Whoa! Another Cambridge giant killing. Cambridge for the upset. Southampton versus Coventry. Southampton are the Premier League's Luton, aren't they? They can't string two results together either. Is an interesting one. Chelsea versus Plymouth Argyle. Chelsea. Oh. But I mean, obviously it is. I mean, no romance. Know, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I'm, I, I want to be absolutely clear here that I'm not putting much sentiment into this I'm telling you who I think is going to win Everton versus Brentford Brentford I think this one will go to penalties so I'm going to toss a coin fair enough to represent the lottery of the penalty shootout (laughs) you don't get this you don't get this on the sound of what you might I've got a 50p here 50 pence yeah 
Ladies and gentlemen. Is it a special one? No. No. Okay, right. I'll do it in front of the microphone. Hopefully you'll hear it. Well, you'll you hear it smash through the television <laughs> screen. <laughs> oh, fuck. Right, okay. Here we go. There we go. Oh, hang on a minute. What are we going there? Helps. <laughs> helps, well, if you, he- helps if you decide who's who first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three hours later. Yonk. Uh, it's Brentford. Here's an interesting game. Manchester City versus Fulham. Two teams who are doing great guns at the top of their respective leagues. And that's you, you think that's a you think that's a contest, do you? Well, no, I mean obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> it's Man City, obviously. Yeah, I mean and, I, again, I don't you know, I'm not talking about what I want to happen. I'm talking about very very purely there what I think is going to pure realities. Wolves versus Norwich is the final uh, Wolves tie again. Okay, well there you go. We've there's. I, mean, I hope you've been taking notes at home and you've um, alerted your bookmakers to these results because yeah. they're, that's there the they all are. Fix is in. Now we can finally establish this is the FA Cup fifth round draw. Ian will be drawing the home teams, and the robot will be drawing the away oh, teams. Fucking robot! I thought we'd had that put out for scrap. The robot found a way. Right. So let's go for this. Right. Okay. Fixture number one, then. Yeah. Okay. I'll look the other way, so I can't see yeah, what's yeah. written on them. There you go. Okay. Ah, now here's a bit of a problem. Yes. No, that's a six. Ah, six. Could be a a nine, but let's say six. Okay, well, if you come up with six again, it's definitely a nine. That's Coventry City. We'll play. Number nine. There you go. 69. West Ham United. Nice. Number ten. Okay, that's Middlesbrough. Number 12. We'll play Liverpool. Sorry, everyone. I'm doing a shit draw. Number 16. (laughs) Wolverhampton Wanderers. Number 8. We'll play Brentford. You're welcome. (laughs) Number 4. Number 4. Queen's Park Rangers. Number one. We'll play Crystal Palace. Is that a, does that count as a derby? I don't really think it does. Uh, They're both from London. It's kind of west and south east, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. That, I tell you what, actually, the year that um, Crystal Palace got to the FA Cup final in 1982, I think they beat Crystal Palace in the quarterfinals. Oh, um, well. And I think it was one of those games where the crowd was right on the touchline for the last five minutes. You know, yeah, I have a rec- yeah, I have a recollection of that. Anywho, okay, right, number three, Huddersfield Town. Number fourteen will play Leicester City, the reigning champions. Number eleven, Tottenham Hotspur, drawn Ooh. at home. Number five will play Cambridge United. Take that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll bet you will. Uh, number seven. Chelsea. Number 13. Will play Wigan. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Number two. And Bournemouth. Number 15. Will play Manchester City. And that completes the draw for the fifth round of the FA Cup. The ties will be played on the midweek. On the weekend of the 12th of Never. No, in fact, they will be played midweek around Wednesday the 2nd of March. What a, what a load of old shit. <laughs> I know. I thought you'd enjoy that. Just before we began recording this podcast, I was sat on the toilet, not to let light in on magic. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, I shouldn't get too irate about the fact that they play the fifth round midweek now. It's just the way it's got to be. And then I thought, well, why is this the way it's got to be? And then I just got on with the business of defecation, which, you know, it's a fairly holistic process in my in my case. Right, OK, that, that's it. I've heard enough. <laughs> are we done? We, we, we are done. I'm bar... up these numbers to throw them in the bin. We are done bar a listener question. Oh, we have a listener we got question. A listen, we got a All listener right. question about oh, the God. FA Cup. Oh, God. This is, this is from Matt Evans, okay. one of our uh, American-based listeners. Yeah. Do you think the top comes off the FA Cup? If so, what is inside? Well, I can tell you, Matt. It definitely does. The, the top definitely comes off the FA Cup. I've yeah. seen it with my own eyes. And what's inside? Nothing. It It's a poo. No. Don't it, no. It's, <laughs> it is it's, a poo. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it was for many years. <laughs> and I, for all I know, it still is. I, I don't really think it is to the same extent. But it was for many years an honourable FA Cup tradition. That within about 10 minutes of the end of the FA Cup final and the presentation of the trophies to the players, that one of the players would be dancing around the pitch on Wembley wearing the lid of the hat, uh, the uh, the FA Cup. Absolutely, yeah. And that maybe one of their teammates would be drinking uh, either champagne or if it was Stanley, I think Stanley Matthews, I've seen drinking like mild out of it. Yeah, quite quite conceivably, they would, you know, they it would. I mean, I think the thing, the the very important thing, of course, to bear in mind about the FA Cup is that there's more than one. Um, I'm not even sure how many there are nowadays. There's quite but the a few lids, of the lids of them all come off, apart from the tin foil and cardboard ones. Yeah. Have, then again, some of them might have lids that come off. Who knows? Do you think the FA Cup would be better or worse if the lid was attached with a hinge? Oh. So that it flipped up like the top of a kettle. Like a tankard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it would be... I mean, I don't know. I, if, you I, were going to to- if you were going to Toby Jug, if I, the <laughs> FA Cup, whose face would you have on it? I'd have Graham oh. Kelly. Oh, um, maybe Peter Swales. Yeah, no, I'd have to go Graham Kelly, I reckon. But I wouldn't drink anything out of the FA Cup because, as I say, it contains a poo. That is a lie. And on that note, it's time for <laughs> us to to leave you lot alone. Yes. <laughs> Increasingly how it feels these days. Get um, thyself down the bookies. Get yeah. they, that fifth round draw locked in. Yep, get 50p on... Bournemouth to play Manchester United. Can can you even do that? 
Manchester City. Manchester City, sorry. Can you even can you even do that? Is that possible? I don't know. Well, bet on the FA Cup. I'm sure. Oh, bet on the draw. I'm sure that any bookmaker would take that because it's such easy money for them. Yeah, I suppose. But what they don't know is what we know. Which is nothing. (laughs) As it goes. (laughs) Right. That's it. We're definitely done. I've I've definitely definitely heard enough now. Um, You can find him on social media at 200%. Two double zero percent pop, and you can find me at twht. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back again same time next week. Goodbye. What happens next? Let's see. They've had a lot of sex. The room's covered in, in feces. The mother had a big boil on her back. That popped. <laughs> Tampon finally, by the end, just kind of falls off the window. It was hanging there the whole time. The music gets more carny-like. Boop, boop, doo, boop, boop. And they all start doing like a three-ring circus with each other's tits. <laughs> They're so gone right now.